Amen. Thank you, Pastor Edgar. Good evening. How are we doing tonight? Doing all right? Good. Thank you for your cooperation with the roped off sections. I know you had lots of choice in the matter, but it's good to be close and gathered together on this family evening tonight. I want to encourage you to grab your outline. I want us to look at this Advent season and this final message of Christmas week on the topic of angels, the the light of the angels. Angels are a fascinating subject. The sights of these spiritual beings have been documented and well recorded throughout history. Especially in recent years, even in our pop culture, they have made their way into what Hollywood deems as acceptable, what television deems as acceptable. This time of year, we're reminded of the Hollywood depictions of angels. We can't forget Clarence, the private first-class angel who's trying to earn his wings in It's a Wonderful Life. This is the first Christmas season that I have not seen that movie yet. I have hope that it'll happen yet in the days to come. We see a, a little bit more recent, but yet still some time from the television series touched by an angel that was around a number of years ago now that was this acceptable talk and discussion about this spiritual beings that we call angels. Yet that's not to say that angels are just some story-telling subject of some mythical creature, though Hollywood did their best. They didn't quite get things exactly right. But many of you have experienced and have stories to tell about a divine intervention That could possibly be an angel. We begin to see that angels are not just characters of fiction. They are factual beings we find throughout Scripture. Angels do carry an important role in in proclaiming God's plan to us in our world. And as we consider the light of the angels today, I want us to familiarize ourselves with these angelic messengers. I had a high school choir teacher in Indianapolis, Indiana, who loved things spiritual, but I don't know that she ever had an encounter with Jesus, but she had this fascination and fixation on angels. She collected angel figurines. She would wear angel pendants, and I was always perplexed at how it would never go beyond angels, but yet she wanted to accept some kind of supernatural something, but angels fit the bill for her, but no other aspect of scripture, Bible, or religion. But yet, God's Word talks to us about the very real entity of angels. Let's look at some of the things about angels in the Bible. We find that angels are mentioned more than 300 times in Scripture. They were created by God before the earth. Psalm 104 talks to us a little bit about that. Who makes his angels' spirits, his ministries, a flaming fire, who laid the foundations of the earth that It should not be removed forever. We also know that Satan, once an archangel named Lucifer, led a cosmic rebellion against God, resulting in one-third of the angelic host being cast out of heaven. The Bible tells us that God created hell for these fallen angels. If, If anyone... Ask you the question as as a side note, you know, if there's a loving God, why would he create hell to send people to hell? You can respond and say that God did not create hell for mankind. He created 
hell, this separation from him was first and foremost for, for Lucifer. And it was Satan in his desire to get us to follow his plan, his lie instead of God's truth, that we have the opportunity to choose separation from him over time with him in heaven. All this is wrapped up in understanding of angels biblically. But there's this host of fallen angels who are demons with whom we continually do battle. Ephesians 6.12 talks to us about these demonic forces that we do battle with. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Angels, they, they have names. They have various ranks. In Luke 1, 26, we see Gabriel announcing Christ's birth. In Daniel 10, 21, Michael the archangel is there before us. And in Genesis 3, 24, we have the cherubim in the garden. In Isaiah 6, 2, we have the seraphim. And there are very real entities in these angels. Angels in the Bible have two basic functions. The first of which, we find that angels are God's warriors against Satan. They also are God's messengers to mankind. First, they're God's warriors against Satan. And and second, they're God's messengers to mankind. In fact, the Hebrew word for angel, Malachi, which means messenger, where we get Malachi, messenger of God, this leads us to consider the importance of these messengers in the Christmas narrative, in the Christmas story. I see that There are three different types of messages that God can bring through his ministering angels. And I want us to look at those tonight. Take your Bible and turn with me to Luke chapter 1. We'll be in Luke 1 and 2 in a number of different places this evening. But we're going to start at Luke chapter 1 at verse 26 in just a moment. Looking at this first of three functions that these angels have for us. And it's the angelic instruction. They bring instruction to us. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Verse 29 of Luke chapter 1, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end verse 34 how will this be mary asked the angel since i'm a virgin the angel answered the holy spirit will come on you and the power of the most high will overshadow you so the holy one to be born will be called the son of god even elizabeth your relative is going to have a child in her old age and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month for no word from god will ever fail Nothing is impossible with God. 
I'm the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Gabriel here methodically lays out before Mary the events that are about to take place along with the specific and important role that she's to play in what's about to happen. All of this is a part of God's instruction, his message that he brings through this angel. Gabriel concludes with a phrase that we must always remember when God is instructing us. For nothing is impossible with God. For no word from God will ever fail is the word that the angel brings. Often the message that God brings to us is one that we can't comprehend. It's one that seems that it's farther than what we could grasp. But with God, nothing is impossible. What Gabriel is saying is, Mary, I know this sounds bizarre. Having a baby without ever having been with a man, but when God says it's going to happen, you can bank on the fact that he will make good on what he says will happen. He will bring it to pass. This meaning is reinforced by the term Gabriel uses for the word, word, in verse 37. In the original Greek language, there's a couple words translated into our English word, word. The first is logos, meaning the revealed word. We find this in John chapter 1. Also, there is rhema, meaning God's active word. It's this second term, rhema, the active word word of God that Luke uses here. To the Hebrew, God's spoken word was equated with his action. When God would speak, things would be created. When God would say it, stuff would happen. Gabriel had been there when God spoke the earth into existence, and and now he is God's divine messenger of a living word to his servant, Mary. We have not only angelic instruction, there is also angelic announcements. There's an announcing role that the angels play. Luke 2, 8 through 14 show us this. I want to look at verse 8 together. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. If you had been with the shepherds, my guess is you too would have been terrified. This wasn't some chubby little valentine's angel cupid figure shooting heart arrows at people there was a majesty there was a glory of god around these angels that brought them to fear so much so that in verse 10 the angel says to them do not be afraid i bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those with on whom his favor rests. Throughout the biblical record, God repeatedly uses divine messengers, angels, to announce The birth of a baby who would play a significant role in his redemptive plan for mankind. In the book of Genesis, an angel announces to Abraham that Sarah, that that she would give birth to Isaac. We find that in Genesis 18.10. The child that is promised to her in her old age. 
Another birth announcement was made by an angel to a childless couple to the fulfillment of an earlier prophecy in the book of Judges. In fact, after the announcement, the father prayed that the angel would return and instruct them how to raise this child. Wouldn't that be good if we'd have an angel that would come and give us instructions on how to raise our children specifically? Well, an angel did come back and instructed them in the raising of Samson. We find this in in Judges 13. Luke chapter 1, we just read of Gabriel himself announcing to Zechariah the birth of a son. This is the birth announcement of John the Baptist in Luke 1, 13. And just six months after that, he appeared to Mary and announced the birth of Jesus Christ in Luke 1, 30 through 33. I want to come back to that in just a minute, but, but here's the point. In this Christmas narrative, we discover both an angelic instruction, an angelic announcement, but also I think we find an angelic protection in Matthew 2.13. It reads this, when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother to escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. It's this idea that God is watching over his redemptive plan and he protects this newborn savior of the world with the help of this protection, this word of warning from an angel. I'm convinced that angels are still actively at work to protect us from danger. I believe only in heaven will we begin to see all the things that God was doing in our midst that if there was not his angelic messengers there to deliver instruction and announcement and protection, all the things that could have been, we could find later in heaven to see what would have taken place. Yet I think sometimes we get confused with this popular idea that each of us have a guardian angel assigned to us. I hate to burst your bubble tonight if that's something you love to hang on to, my choir teacher, Mrs. Patchett, loved that with her little angel pins that she would wear and she would have sayings about her guardian angel in her office that she would love to hang on to. I can't find anything biblically that promises you or I our own guardian angel. But the fact of the matter is the Bible does speak about an angelic divine protection in times of trouble. Well, I may not have an angel assigned to Brady, and you may not have an angel assigned to you. We do see that God brings protection through his angelic messengers. We see all three of these angelic functions at place, taking place in this Christmas story. During the coming of the Messiah, we find instruction, we find announcement, and we find protection. You may be thinking tonight, Brady, I've never had an angel come speak to me. Well, neither have I. Well, what could this mean for us? How could this have application in our life? I've not heard an angel. I've not seen an angel come before me. Well, what in the world would this mean to us this evening? But we have much more of God's message available to us than Mary had in her on that day. As a child of God, you and I have the very Spirit of God Himself dwelling in us. Why? When we want an angel to speak to us, I think we miss the fact that the very Spirit of God alive in us is a messenger to us about what God's will is for us and what He wants to do in us. 
That's why we talk about and we emphasize the importance of a life led and controlled by the Holy Spirit. Have you ever wondered why we talk so much about being sanctified holy or to be set apart for God's holy use or to be uh, full of the Holy Spirit or experience the baptism of the Spirit? Don't miss next Sunday morning, Pastor Rex will be preaching to us about how to live life with no regrets and it's going to tie right into the role of the Holy Spirit in our life and how we live in obedience to Him. Why do we talk about this so much? It's because that God has given us the very witness of His Spirit in us, and we are to heed that instruction He has. My advice is that we focus on living a Christ-centered, biblically-grounded, Spirit-filled life. And if God chooses to, to manifest an angel before you, then, then so be it. But let's follow the instruction, follow the announcement, follow the protection He gives to us in His Spirit. You see, this is where I think we can relate Do you remember Gabriel's words earlier? He reflected on the contrasting responses to these two people, these amazing birth announcements. His observation becomes extremely important for us today. Let's look at the responses that these two have from God's divine messenger. And I think it can help us with how we respond to God's message to us, whether it comes from his word, whether it comes from the witness of his spirit within us, whether it comes from a brother or sister that he's anointing to speak truth to us, or whether it comes from an angel manifest before us. Gabriel first appeared to Zechariah concerning the birth of John the Baptist. Let's read about it in Luke chapter 1, verse 11 through 20. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled, and he was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or a fermented drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah. To turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of righteousness. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Luke chapter 1, verse 18, Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you will be silent, not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words which will come true at the appointed time. The thought for us here is that Zechariah responded in disbelief and doubt because his focus was self-centered. It wasn't that he had questions. It wasn't that he couldn't comprehend everything, but he was so centered on himself, he was full of disbelief and doubt. As a result, God shut him up. When you think about it, God... And his discipline for Zechariah was for his own good. It was merciful for him because it could have been a tragedy if if God wouldn't have kept him quiet. Can you imagine what he would have said? Elizabeth, you will not believe what happened to me today. What happened, dear? An angel showed up to talk to me. 
An angel? Really? You're not going to believe it. Try me. He he said, uh, you are going to have a baby. Isn't that crazy? I told him that it was a long shot. I told him that this could never take place, that I'm an old man and you're even older and I can't even believe this. Can you imagine the conversation that could have taken place? Yet God shut him up. God said, I'm going to bring about what I have promised to do and you will witness what is about to take place. What a lesson for us to take. When God brings a message from his word, be careful that you don't respond like Zechariah. With disbelief, with doubt. If you do, God in his mercy, he may silence you, he may shut you up, or he may remove you from the equation. He may move on to someone else to get his plan done. Yet God will not change his plan based off of our doubt or disbelief. Now notice how Mary's response to Gabriel's announcement is is very different. See, Mary responds in faith and obedience because her focus was not self-centered, but Christ-centered. Again, verse 26 from Luke 1, we read this earlier. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, to a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel went to her saying, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Don't miss this, verse 29. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Both individuals are perplexed. Both don't understand everything. Both are even a little bit of afraid. Verse 31, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. At first glance, Mary's response appears to be similar to Zechariah's. Both question Gabriel. But this is perfectly understandable in both cases. It's, it's a usual thing to question something that seems so unnatural. We catch here that God is not threatened by our questions of an honest heart. He welcomes that dialogue. But there's a big difference, apparently, between an honest question, an honest seeking, and us giving in to doubt and giving in to disbelief. Let's read on in Mary's story in verse 35 of Luke 1. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month for no word from god will ever fail or nothing is impossible with god i am the lord's servant mary answered get this may your word to me be fulfilled then the angel left her unlike zachariah mary exercised her faith she received a word from the lord she understood no more of it than zachariah did Yet her lack of understanding did not cause her to let her doubt and disbelief take hold of her. Rather, she allowed her heart to give in to simple trust and faith in her God. Hear me tonight. 
Friend, when we receive a message from God, whether it's from an angel giving us an announcement or instruction or, or offering protection, we respond in one of two ways, either in doubt or disbelief that is centered and focused on ourselves, or one even full of questions of faith and trusting that is centered on the one who is powerful to provide. Mary had questions. She was wise enough to humbly submit to the one who had answers to those questions. She put legs to her faith as we read on in verse 39 through 45. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear why am i so favored that the mother of the lord should come to me as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears the baby in my womb leapt for joy blessed is she who has believed that the lord would fulfill his promise to her see no sooner than she put feet to her faith even though she had questions but obeying what the angel had told her that was a message from god she promptly received confirmation of what god had told her i think maybe there's a lesson for us tonight and when we receive a message from god if we delay it quickly turns to disobedience not now or not yet or i don't fully understand is just like saying god no but yet even in our Lack of understanding, when we say, I step out in faith and I trust you, God, it seems ridiculous. But you've been clear to me through your word. You've been clear to me through other believers who are squaring with your word. You've been clear to me through a messenger, one of your angels, and I will act in obedience to you. God is always quick to confirm what it is that he is calling you into. When God brings a message to you from his word, the challenge is for us to respond like Mary. I am no angel. Not only would my mother and my wife testify to that strongly. But I step in as your friend to be a messenger from your God, reminding you that he still speaks. He still gives instruction. He still rings out the announcement of his presence and his plan. He still calls us to heed to his protection will you realize his plan this christmas will you respond to his message in one of doubt and disbelief or will you respond even in your lack of understanding and obedience heavenly father i thank you tonight that my best guess is probably close to a hundred percent of us in this room have way more information 